We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It is the Fan Afternoon Show. Sam Schmitz along with Adam Robertson this afternoon. Talking Packers, training camp, and especially talking about the wide receivers right now. 414-677-1250. Do you believe Alan Lazard will be the Packers' top wide receiver the entire season? And also, just want to get your guys' kind of gauge on what you're expecting from Alan Lazard. What are you expecting from him stat-wise this year? Once again, 414-677-1250. But joining us in studio, it's the man himself. You hear him on the mornings, 6 to 10 a.m. It is Bart Winkler of the Bart Winkler Morning Show. Good morning, Bart. Good uh, afternoon. Hey, yeah, hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, hey man. You know how I came up with that podcast? Hey, My man. wife is like, hey. Hey, man. Hey, man. She but, wanted to get a cat. I don't like cats. I can tell I can tolerate cats. If the cat acts like a dog, I'm cool with the cat. If that makes sense. But I put a cat in a microwave once in college and press start. Okay. Anyway, jeez. <laughs> but the past couple of days we've really been hammering David Bakhtiari and the offensive line here. Um so I figured we switch it up just a little bit cuz obviously aside from Bakhtiari, the main storyline right now in Packers training camp is Alan Lazard's getting obviously all this high praise from Aaron Rodgers, Brian Gutekinds, Matt LaFleur, which is all just kind of coach talk right now. I mean, what did you expect? But I think you you bring up a, good, a lot of good points, too, on your show about this Packers wide receiver core. And on top of that, the, the entire passing game as a whole, not just the wide receivers, the running backs, the tight ends. I mean, I think Alan Lazard, at the end of the day, like on the team, he will be the number one wide receiver. But I think numbers-wise, when you look at him compared to other number one wide receivers across the league, I don't think he'll be, you know, that, like a top 10 wide receiver, you know, 100, 100 receptions, over 1,000 yards and stuff like that. So, I mean, what are you kind of expecting? Because I know earlier you were, you were talking about who finishes with more receptions this year, you know, Alan Lazard or Christian Watson. So I think I kind of know where you're going, but what are you expecting from Lazard this season? Well, when you, when you talk about Lazard and you talk about a number one receiver, when you think number one receiver, you think of some of the best receivers in the league. Right. I mean, you think Devontae Adams, who first thing I did after my wonderful nap was I opened Twitter and I saw Devontae Adams. Do you guys see this yet? He had a he had a catch on the sidelines today. I saw it yesterday, too. It was like an over-the-shoulder one? No, this one was a low one. Okay, yeah. Where he mm. tapped his feet in. So a lot of, De- lot of Devontae hype out right now. Are those tweets going to make the cut for your segment tomorrow morning? Oh, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> I... I loved what you did because obviously I think it's ridiculous that, you know, the Packers media, they're all trying to one up each other. 615, I read every single tweet that was posted by beat writers yesterday in order. Yeah, the the chronological thing definitely was too much work, and I'm surprised you did it, but I understand why you did it, and I'm glad you did. 
Well, I feel I, I did feel like I had a pretty good grasp of what happened at practice yesterday. Yeah, I mean, and, and now I I don't know anything that happened at practice today. Again, I took a wonderful nap. Right. So I don't know what happened today. Real quick though, before we get back into Alan Zard, we I agree with you. From when I was listening this morning, you were playing some sound bites that we played also yesterday from Packers training camp. We got a problem when it comes to the uh, the peanut gallery at the Packers training camp. Everybody's just trying to be you know Matt Lafleur's best friend. Everyone's just laughing when it's not needed, and it's like a ridiculous <laughs> laugh. Too. Yeah, kind of like that. Uh, play the Lafleur on balancing young and old. Play oh, that one. Boy, here we go. I think it's a fluid situation, and we're we're. I know you guys love it, especially Nagler. I can see you smirking at me right there. Uh, we're gonna take it one day yeah. at a time, and. Uh... <laughs> I mean, what are we doing? Well, everybody in the media wants to be Lafleur's friend. I know, but it, I feel like. We're only two days into Packers training camp, and it's like even worse than it was all the years combined. And Schneidman had another interesting tweet this afternoon as well. I guess the x-ray image with the uh, dogs inside is the big thing now for people to tweet. That's uh Oh, haven't you seen that before? I don't think so. People will like say, he's got that dog in him. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's the most the recent one. Dogs. That's yeah. so stupid. This is I don't why... know if this. I don't know if this is a like. Is this a me or a we thing? Because we're three guys that are we're in the media. No, I we're just consuming all of this content. Is are, is the average Packer fan like? Do they even know what a Schneidman is? Do they even know what a Nagler is? Do they even? When like, it comes to everybody being, you know, Matt Lafleur's best friend, I think. I think a lot of Packers fans realize it, but I think because we consume it every day, it's probably an us thing. But I just think at the end of the day, there's like way too many Packers media because obviously the NFL is king. And I don't know. There's only like three or four guys that I really like on the Packers media. Ryan Wood, Pete Doherty, and stuff like that. Well, there's two guys that cover the Bucks consistently. Two. Right. And like, you know, three or four for the Brewers. Three or four for the Brewers. Right. And then for the Packers, it's like, man, every Acme trading... <laughs> 247cheeseheroics.net yeah. is down there. You throw in the newspapers, you throw in the websites, you throw in the TV anchors and all that. There, there's there's too many. Channel 5 in Green Bay had four camera people there yesterday. Yeah, jeez. Um, For right. a practice. I figured, let's dive back into Alan Lazard. I don't want to get too off, off topic, but I That's think. That's why we're here. Well, yeah, that you're talking to me, man. I know, I know. And that's why I love you. But. With Alan Lazard, though, I think the thing is, though, that there's just going to be too many mouths to feed on this Packers offense. I think he will be, you know, living up to the praise that Rodgers has been giving him. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, Aaron Jones is going to be a big contributor on this offense numbers-wise. And I think when you look back at the end of the year, because they're going to probably use A.J. Dillon a little more, I think Aaron Jones is, like, going to be obviously, once again, as I mentioned before we brought you on, he's finished in the top three in receptions the last three years for the Green Bay Packers. I mean, you pair that with, all these other wide receivers that there's no Devontae Adams. I mean, I just think at the end of the day, there's too many mouths to feed in this Packers offense for Alan Lazard to be that number one. Well, yeah. Now, the number one, I think, is going to be defined differently here right? than it is. And there might be, you know, I would I would say to fantasy football players, if you have Lazard and Watson on your team and you're trying to start one, whoever you start, the other guy will have the big week. Or it'll be a Robert Tunyon week or it'll be an Aaron Jones week. Looking at some of the over-unders with the Packers, what Vegas thinks. And again, that's not the end-all, be-all. But they think Rodgers will throw about the same amount of passes. They think Rodgers will throw about the same amount of yards. And if that's true, it's just going to be distributed different. It's not going right. to be. We know that. We know that nobody on this team 
is going to catch 130 passes from Aaron Rodgers. No. We know that. And then so who makes up that 130? You're not slot like nobody thinks that Alan Lazard is going to be Devontae Adams or do what Devontae Adams did. But Alan Lazard can be a number one target for Rodgers and catch 65, 70, maybe 80 balls while Aaron Jones can get 60 to 70. You can get Robert Tunyon when he comes back to get a bunch. Christian Watson and Watkins and Amari Rodgers and Randall Cobb. Even if all these guys get 30, 35, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for these guys to step up. There's going to be games where somebody has the quote-unquote hot hand. I do think that Aaron Jones is featured a lot more as a receiver this year. I think that we will see that. And so, you know, when it comes to who's going to be the number one receiver of the receivers, I think it'll probably be Lazard by default. Who's going to get the most targets on the team? I mean, it could be Jones. Right. And again, it could be the tight end spot. But you're going to see, I think, Aaron Rodgers kind of spread the ball around a little bit more. This this is going to be the most pure offense that we get from Matt LaFleur in terms of what he envisioned when he came over here. Because we talked in his first season, second, third, it was a lot about marrying the concepts. Basically, the concepts were Matt LaFleur has his offense and Rodgers just likes to throw it to Devontae. Mm-hmm. So it was marry those concepts, get the LaFleur offense and still let Rodgers throw it to Devontae when, whenever he wants. Now you won't have that as part of it. And I think, you know, Rodgers will, you know, he's comfortable with the offense now. It's his fourth year. How can he not be? So Aaron, Aaron, Alan Lazard is not going to be Justin Jefferson. No. Or Jamar Chase. <laughs> oh, man. Can you imagine that? Or Tyreek Hill. But, but Alan Lazard can be a very good top receiver for a team that only needs its top receiver to have 70 catches. Right. We had, we had Chris Thomason on from the Pioneer Press today. He and apparently everyone up in Minneapolis is hearing that Justin Jefferson is convinced he is going to be the number one receiver in the league in about a year or so. I, I don't know it. why he, anyone would fight that. He's tremendous. Yeah. He is uh, and should have been a Green Bay Packer at the end of the day. But anyways, 414-677-1250. I agree with a lot of the points you're saying, but I think we're pretty much saying the same thing. But I want to hear from you guys. 414-677-1250. You can also call in and talk to Bart as well. Uh, let's get out to Dominic in Hales Corners. Dominic, you're on the Fan Afternoon Show. Hey, um, I guess with as far as Lazard, like 70 catches, I guess. I don't know. I don't have a real big concept as far as like, how many other than, like, Devontae did. But, like, here's my thing. The tweets regarding Devontae, he has to be acrobatic. Look who he's throwing to him. I mean, he's not perfect. So that's kind of, like, who cares? Big deal. Um, and, it, like, how many receivers have left Green Bay and gone on to be, like, amazing? Whereas, like, you, a quarterback has a bigger effect if they switch teams. And I hate Brady, but, like, we saw what he did with switching teams. And I think my, my final thing is the receivers aren't really going to matter if he doesn't have protection. Like, I'm more concerned still about the whole line than I am about the receivers because, again, we have Rodgers. And every year he seems to find somebody that, like, all of a sudden is his go-to guy. Because let's face it, week one, if Lazard drops, like, one or two passes, is Rodgers going to be like, oh, I love his hands? No, he's going to lose faith in him, and he's going to find somebody else to throw to. Dominic, appreciate the phone call, man. Yep. Once again, 414-677-1250. New phone number here. He brings up... Have you, uh, not to... Next time you have a call, let them hang up on you. Have you heard that noise? I have. And it's kind of interesting. That's not what I was expecting when we upgraded our phones. A little... Before it was a... (laughs) If you accidentally kept them on. But now it's a... It's almost like like a lullaby. 
real quick, though, he brings up some good points. And I do want to talk about the offensive line with you after the break. But I think, you know, he brings up the fact that, look, Greg, when Greg Jennings left Green Bay, he never was the same. When James Jones left Green Bay, he obviously took a step backwards and stuff like that. But I think it's different with Devontae Adams because those guys weren't the number one wide receiver in the NFL at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, none of these guys left in their prime. Right. And on top of that, like, He's playing with... It's not like Jordy had 17 offers. Right, exactly. He, so. had, to, he had to scrape to be a Raider. The, and no, James Jones had to scrape to be a... Where'd he go? A, a Raider. Giants. And then he was up at the Raiders, too. Yeah. Um, but on top of that, too, like, I think a lot of Packers fans, when you look back after this season, like, they'll probably say, well, Devontae obviously took a step down when you look at the numbers probably after the season. But that's because on top of playing with his former quarterback that he played with in college, he's also he's also got guys like Hunter Renfro oh, and Darren gonna Waller. Have, he's going to have 130 catches still. Still? Oh, Devontae's going to have 13 catches a game. I think he'll have like you know over 100 receptions, obviously, but I don't think he's going to get like 135 like he well, was last year. They're going to find out, and even though they're best friends, Devontae Adams, little hill, little hill secret, hidden secret about Devontae these last five years. All right, but I just, he's as much of a diva as all the rest of the diva receivers. I mean, but you got to be if you're a wide receiver. That's well, just sure. A, that's what, I, mean, I don't have a problem with but that. But we all we, we never threw that word around with Devontae. No, because at the end of the day, like he was. But if Devontae's got three games in a row, Sam, where he's got five catches or less, yeah, this little friendship with Derek Carr ain't going to be so friendly. I mean, I guess, but I could see that. I mean, I could still see them being pretty patient with each other because at the end of the day, like. They still have guys like Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, which Devontae is going to make their lives that much easier on offense. So I don't know. I just think it's, I hear a lot of Packers fans saying that like the, you know, second round draft pick thing when it came to Christian Watson, I think some people don't realize it's, it's a completely different situation, but anyways, 414-677-1250 new phone number here for 1250 AM. The fan we'll take a break. We'll continue to talk with Bart Winkler here for a couple more minutes. I do want to get your thoughts on this Packers offensive line, David Bakhtiari I do want to talk a little brews with you. So we'll do that after the break. It is the Fan Afternoon Show. Sam Schmitz, Bart Winkler, Adam Roberts here on 1250 AM, The Fan. It is the Fan Afternoon Show here on 1250 AM, The Fan. Sam Schmitz and Adam Roberts in this afternoon, along with guest appearance, Bart Winkler joins us as well for the next couple of minutes here. Once again, 414-677-1250, new phone number here at 1250 AM, The Fan. Plenty of room if you guys want to join the conversation, talk to Bart as well. Right now, we're talking about Packers training camp. We were just talking about the Packers wide receivers the last break, but obviously, Bart, the other main storyline from Packers training camp is this offensive line and mainly David Bakhtiari. I think when we first saw that David Bakhtiari was on the pup list to begin training camp, we're like, well, okay, it's a little concerning, but hopefully he can be activated you know, during training camp because he obviously has to be on there to be activated during training camp. And on top of that, yesterday, we heard from Brian Gudikin saying that he already underwent another procedure in the offseason too. I, at this point, we were asking yesterday, when do you expect David Bakhtiari to be back? I'm saying hopefully he can be off the pup list and be back by, like, hopefully week three. But then on top of that, you're hopefully, you know, hopefully he doesn't, like, get fluid back up in his knee and it's like a day-to-day thing again. I don't know. What are you expecting from Bakhtiari this year? Well, before that, uh, the Packers have made a transaction. They oh, boy. just signed wide receiver Ishmael Hyman. Oh, the Ishmael Hyman? Don't you get so... Uh... That's your boy. Like that. Bart, that's your boy, Ishmael. He played for the Michigan Panthers of the USFL. Oh, so you're an insider when it comes to this so I guy. I believe this is the third USFL member. <laughs> he played in the AAF with the Orlando Apollos. Wow. I mean, look out, Danny Davis. People look out, Jawan Winfrey. You guys, everybody take notice. Ishmael. Ishmael Hyman. Ishmael Hyman. Got to be taking all their 
I just I couldn't remember his last name for the life of me, so I just kind of his last name is Hyman. Hi, man. Like, sure, go hey, that man. way. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. The Packers sign Ishmael. Hey, man. Uh, but anyway, wife made me get a cat. <laughs> made me get a wide receiver. Um, do and a so podcast. Said, would you about, Would you be opposed hey, to doing a draft mockery one of these days where we just draft your arch nemesises? Uh, We've gotten no. in trouble before on draft mockery, but I, I I feel like we need to do that. Well, Kenny Maine's not an arch nemesis. No, but you know who I'm talking about. Oh, I hate Kenny Maine's podcast ads. I know, but I, you know who I'm talking about when it comes to your Twitter arch nemesis and stuff like that, like the Jared Stillman's like, well, open and stuff oh, like Jared that. Jared Stillman, Evan Massey, all these names that nobody would know about if I didn't <laughs> talk about them for 30 minutes a show. Wow. There was another one, too, like a Jared Stillman type about Juan Soto where I saw, I don't know what his name was. I was trying to find it, and I was going to send it to you, be like, we have a new enemy, where he was saying, Juan, I just heard, it was like a Washington independent writer. He's like, just heard, Juan Soto will be traded at the trade deadline. You know, when Nationals got a breaking offer that they could not refuse. I'm like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? I'm not so upset about the people that do it. Like a Dov I get why Kleiman, they do it. Like a Dov Kleiman. Right. You know, he's nobody, but he just aggregates. And then there's all these like NFL leaks that you don't know where they're coming from. MLB facts, and you don't, and they're. Rep- right. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm kind of starting to get more mad at people. Yeah, it's because we want to believe everything so bad. We see one rumor that says Brewers Benatendi, and now we're all heartbroken. We didn't get Andrew Benatendi. We were never in on Benatendi. I don't care what Ken Rosenthal says. I'm worried about David Bakhtiari. Well, I, I don't think, know that he ever plays again. I think you're right. It's it's partly how we consume news at this point. If we see it, we're probably going to end up believing it. But I do think it starts at the root, and that's why I love your your combat against all these people. Is that it, it does start at the root, and it does start with these people just you know trying to give out straws and hope that people take them. At the end of the day, you know, I mean, what I mean? I'm never going to take them down. I'm, we should just do it. You know, we should just make our own fake news. I mean, you yeah, already got it, but then that's a whole yeah. thing. You already got the Twitter clout. I need the Twitter followers and stuff like that, so maybe I'll just start doing it. I tried it once. I said, eventually, Aaron Rodgers will say something again when he was talking about Willie or Willie not commit to the Green Bay Packers, and it worked out for me. So maybe I'll just keep on going down that route. I have a blue check mark, so I could I could just tweet anything. Exactly. I am, quote, open to the concept of helping you get 1,000 Twitter followers. Right. I mean, I, maybe, who knows? Maybe I'll be like your Ari Miroth. I guess when it comes to he blocked me too. <laughs> he blocked you. Why well, hate that guy? Why did he block you? Because I was cutting and pasting his tweets. Well, I know, like but like, who, why does he care about? Oh my god! All right. Anyways, what do you what are you expecting from David Bakhtiari this season? Moving I'm expecting on. a lot of what we got uh, today yeah. and yesterday. I'm expecting a lot of a lot of vagueness. A lot of oh, I'm close. I feel good. Not a big deal. We just went through this all last year, where there was no timetable. Then somehow I don't know if it was one of these. Dov Miroffs or whoever that put a tie. We thought, remember, we were all like, he's coming back against the Chiefs. Well, why do we think that? I I don't know. Right. But somebody thought that, and then he was coming back in, in the middle of the season. He wasn't. He doesn't come back till the Lions game, which Rodgers, like, made him play in, which then he got hurt even more. We don't talk about that enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was our Kim and the Boy <laughs> Judgment Day, though, a couple of days ago here on the afternoon show. We were asking, what concerns you more going into the season? The offensive line or the wide receivers and I asked Toby when we were, were doing crosstalk before the show and before I even finished the sentence he's like oh wide receivers easy and I was like yeah okay but like when you really think about it I mean you, you look at the past two playoff as exits for the Green Bay Packers and obviously when David Bakhtiari initially suffered the ACL injury Billy Turner at left tackle Rick Wagner at right tackle and then last year no Dave Bakhtiari no Elton Jenkins Billy Turner at left tackle and then uh 
Dennis Kelly, was it, at right tackle? So the offensive line is obviously a big concern. On top of that, we're, I'm not expecting anything from Melton Jenkins until I actually see it based on how this Bakhtiari thing went. But my main point is you have the Yash Nijmans, John Runyons, Royce Newman, guys like that, who I like on this Packers offensive line. But if one of those guys goes down while you're waiting for Bakhtiari or Elton Jenkins to come back, that could be a lot of trouble for the Green Bay Packers. Well, a lot of these guys are names that when they're the backup and they play seven games a year, you're like, we have good depth. But then when they're the starters, you're like, yeah, exactly. If they get hurt, you're kind of in trouble. Plus, clearly they're not as good as Jenkins or Bakhtiari. But it's again, it's the mystery. It's well, when when is this guy going to play? And now apparently they're past the ACL stuff, and it's a it's a bunch of stuff we don't know. This is very reminiscent to the Yelich back thing, where they're just like, I don't know. I mean, there's something we don't know. We we can't figure it out. Well, that's not good. And I'm not saying they need. Maybe they don't know. They don't need to know. Well, David Bakhtiari is going to be back in week three, but it just seems like they are dangling a carrot in front of us, and then they keep pulling it back every time that we think we're close. So then fans start to expect. David Bakhtiari will come back soon, and then he doesn't come back soon. And then you get more mad at him, and you get more mad at the situation, and then you get more mad at the team. What Dominic said was right. We're talking about the receivers. It is the offensive line. Yeah, it is. Because- uh, with, with, uh, with all due respect to my friend Toby, it is the offensive line yeah. because if, if Rodgers doesn't have the time to get it to these guys, well, that's a big problem. Now, I do think Rodgers should be focused on getting the ball out as quick as possible anyway. But you want to do that out of like a place of comfort, not a place of feeling rushed. Which, again, these these offensive linemen, there's capable offensive linemen that are going to be starting. It's just you need a David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. You need those guys if you're going to win a Super Bowl. You can't patch it together on the offensive line. They're going to need those guys. Well, on top of that, too, I mean, it's it's going to impact the passing game. It's going to if you want to make those wide receivers better, if you want to give them more time to run their routes, you're going to need the offensive linemen like Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. You're going to need them healthy. On top of that. But I keep on hearing from Packers fans, well, I'm excited that Devontae's gone because that means Aaron Rodgers is going to spread around. Well, I'm excited because we're going to run the ball more. But you know what you need if you're going to be an efficient running game? You're going to need those offensive linemen back. So that's just my point. It all, it all stems on the offensive line. And if you're waiting for Elton Jenkins and if Bakhtiari can't be ready for week one and you're still waiting for him, I really like running. I really like Yash Nijman. I like Royce Newman. I like Josh Myers. I like all these guys, including their uh, you know draft pick out of UCLA, John or Sean Ryan. But at the end of the day, if you lose one of those guys while you're waiting for them to come back, I mean, I think the offensive line is the number one concern when it comes to this Green Bay Packers team going forward. But at the end of the day, that's just me. Once again, 414-677-1250. A couple more minutes here with Bart Winkler before we continue to talk about Alan Lazard and eventually get into the Brewers talk. But I did want to get your thoughts on our question here today. We are bringing back, uh, once again, on the Fan Afternoon Show. We used to do it with the one and only Rami Makhlouf, but it is... Big deal or no big deal, Bart? We're bringing it back for today. And I want to get your thoughts on this Brewers offense, especially after coming out of the All-Star break. Big deal or no big deal? How this Brewers offense has performing, been performing this homestand? What say you? Big deal or no big deal? I think it is no big deal. All right. Interesting. I, I totally get it because I think when I asked the – I wanted to obviously bring back no big deal or no big deal, but I, when I asked big well, deal or I no big deal, people are going to say, well, it's only so many games and stuff like that. And I get it. We're only – you know, we just wrapped up a six-game homestand. That's all we have to talk about here for this Brewers offense since the All-Star break happened. But my main thing is and why I'm so 
keeping an eye on the Spurs offense going forward is that I don't know if you heard the comments from Andrew McCutcheon and Hunter Renfro after Sunday's game, how they pretty much had a, you know, get together, which happens all the time with every team coming out of the all-star break, but they were talking about how they're changing their offensive philosophy. Essentially. Like they're just trying to take what the other team gives them more than they were in the first half. They're trying to drive up pitch counts is what Hunter Renfro said. Andrew McCutcheon said they're trying to do more, trying to you know drive up full counts, get more hits with two outs, just do whatever it takes to get that runner across the across home plate more so than they were in the first half, just being a home runner, nothing team. And my thing is, it's one thing to talk the talk, but you also have to walk the walk. That's clearly what this the Brewers, this Brewers offense did during this homestand. So we all know how they are in the second half under Craig Council. They always make a big push before the postseason, but. I just like what they've been doing coming out of the all-star break. And I think if they actually made a conscious effort as a team to make an adjustment, I really like this Brewers offense probably going into the postseason on top of hopefully bringing in a bat too. So two veteran players mm-hmm. who have been on successful teams at the all-star break realized that the Brewers way of offense was not good enough. Yeah. And they are spearheading a change. Essentially, along with the hitting coaches, I'll talk about it more at 4 o'clock as well. Uh, my first thought, my first thought. Look, don't hold this against me. I'm just telling you what my first thought was. My first thought was, Craig, you've been here for seven years, man. Yeah. And you got two veterans coming in and telling you your offense stinks. Well, on top of that, too, Toby made an interesting you know, point a couple of weeks ago, and I think he probably realized it more than any of us because he's looking at it from an outside perspective, a Washington national fan that's you know talking brewers and all that, but he brought up a good point where it's like, why is it that all these players, when they come to Milwaukee, their numbers just dip for some reason? Their, their career number, they don't even get close to their career numbers. And I went through it uh, yesterday and I was talking about how everyone on this Brewers offense is about 20 to 30 points lower than their career average. The only guy that's overperforming is Hunter Renfro. He's hitting like 252 this year, last time I checked. And as a career hitter, he's like 238. And I think if the Brewers are going to be a threat in the postseason, they're going to need to be playing like they have been uh, during this homestand. Real quick, this is what Hunter Renfro was talking about after Sunday's win. Yeah, it's third game. Uh, I think more than anything, I think we've kind of put a little bit more emphasis on uh, making sure we get guys over when we need to, uh, trying to drive guys in when we need to, and and uh, try to just put a little bit more extra focus on on the small details of it. And um, more than anything, and thing like I think it was maybe the first game and Colton laid a bunt down and, and uh, stuff like that, and things we haven't been doing earlier. So uh, we're trying to just create runs any way we can, and and uh, seems to be working right now. And you did it late today with two outs, a lot of times two strikes. How was that? A re- why was that a reason you guys were able to be successful? I mean, I think more than anything, we're just wearing down pitchers. You know, I think we're just trying to grind out of bats and, and uh, foul pitches off that are tough to hit and, and try to get our pitch so we can finally hit. And uh, like Cuts, I mean, he took some great pitches and it would foul some balls off and finally got a pitch we could handle and, and drove it out of center field. So. Uh, more than anything, I think it's just, you know, we're trying to grind out a bat. We're trying to just do everything we can to uh, help these pitchers out as much as we can. So um, that's about it. So when I saw what happened during this Brewers-Colorado Rockies series, it was one thing to see like, oh, okay, cool. The offense came out hot. But it's one thing when I hear that, that they're actually making a conscious effort that like, okay, well, this might actually be something they could translate, hopefully, for the rest of the second half and going into the postseason. But I realize, you know, Brewers fans always want to talk about what's well, the Rockies. They're a team that's under 500, and I get that. But at the end of the day, I know they play in Coors Field as well, but they're top two in batting average when it comes to team batting average. And then you play the Minnesota Twins, who are probably the worst first-place team in all of baseball. But at the end of the day, they're also going to put up runs. And 
the way that the Brewers have been playing this homestand is just so uncharacteristic of how they were in the first half where as soon as they get down, they're fighting back and they're getting the lead again right away. I mean, Colton Wong hits a home run to tie it right away in inning afterwards after they just you know lost the lead. So that's where I'm coming from. We'll talk about this more at the top of the hour, but I just kind of want to get your thoughts on this Brewers offense. Well, I want to see it in a longer stretch, obviously. Just yeah. like if it's, bad, if it's a bad four games, we can't be freaking out. And if it's a good four games, we can't be freaking out either. You would think at Fenway they should have the ability to maybe bob some more over the fence and at least try to play more aggressive, see if they can use that green monster, which will be a different experience for a lot of these guys. But, yeah, I would like to see it continue, obviously, because I don't – you know, even if, even if somehow you trade for Juan Soto – Mm-hmm. Are the Brewers a Juan Soto bat away from winning the World Series? No, I, I don't think so. I think what they are is Bud's philosophy. They if if all of these guys play a little bit better, better if they just play better, better. If they play fifteen to twenty points better, then it's a totally different offense. And so it kind of is. I mean, this is the 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 hand we're dealt with, the lot we have, and these guys have to be better. <laughs> I love it, and that's how we're gonna end it. Bart, I appreciate the time as always. Um, it's good to always see you and talk with you because I feel like we're just on different spectrums when it comes to time working here. So I always appreciate the time, and it's good to see you. Yeah, I won't see you guys tomorrow. I'm right. flying out after the show to New York to do Zach Gelb's show. Oh, yeah. I heard the I heard the helicopter. I saw where the helicopter imprints were over yeah. in the grass here. So I can't wait for you to get on uh, Gelb Force One again. Yeah, uh, they had great accommodations Tuesday, but we did have a problem with the Jets. So. Right. Uh, we just uh, tested the plane today, and I should be able to. It's it's crazy going to New York for three hours and coming back home, but uh, right. I mean, it's fun. We keep talking stuff. about how there's so many transportation issues in this country. Yeah. Little did we know, we apparently have a Musk style system where we can zip you back and forth to the East Coast and well, well, time. just me. You guys are right, still right. We're oh, still, we're still rubes, taking carts but, and horses. Yeah, now right. that I've been national for one night, right? I I realize I'm. Still I get present. a whole world unlocked to me. <laughs> All right. Well, we're looking forward to it. We'll hear from you. After the afternoon show tomorrow, hopefully on Zach Gelb. And also we'll tune in tomorrow morning for the Bart Winkler Show. Bart, thank you as always, and we'll talk to you later. See you guys. Love you. Love you. All right. <laughs> we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.